So, I had a backslide. I recorded the first episode of Diary of an Anxious Therapist on the afternoon of Sunday, October the 1st of this year. And perhaps not coincidentally, I awoke at about 3 a.m. the morning of the 2nd in a state of panic that I had not felt in months. It was almost exactly like my prior event that I told of in episode 1. Only this time, I did wake up my wife Tracy because it was just too much for me to bear alone. After sitting together for several minutes, I decided, screw it, and that I was going to go ahead and get up regardless of what happened next, regardless of the stories that my brain was telling me that I was going to have a heart attack if I moved. This took courage that I wasn't sure that I had at the moment, but I heard Mel Robbins' voice in my head saying, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, move. And that's exactly what I did. I counted down mentally from 5 and then immediately stood up. I felt a bit shaky, but I immediately counted down again, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, move, and started taking slow, methodical steps towards the bedroom door, then down the hall, then into the bathroom, etc. The panic didn't go away, but I do distinctly remember sitting back down on the bed a few moments later and feeling proud of myself for pushing through that panic and getting up and just moving. Lying back down, Tracy and I both fell back asleep awaking to our respective alarms a few hours later to start a new week. Hi, welcome to the Diary of an Anxious Therapist. I'm your host, Ben France. I'm a licensed professional counselor and life coach who struggled with anxiety for my whole life. I'm also a musician, a writer, and a lifetime learner who thoroughly enjoys sharing what I learn and what I'm passionate about. With this podcast, my hope is to provide some insight, some information, and maybe even some interventions related to anxiety, finding and expressing creativity, and finding purpose and meaning in your life. I'll be using my own life experiences, along with things that I've learned in nearly a decade of being a mental health professional, to bring you content that is helpful, meaningful, and hopefully a bit entertaining. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting platform. And if you really want to do me a favor, leave a review. Five stars are appreciated if you do feel so inclined. That being said, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. When people enter therapy or decide to make any change in their lives, they often expect it to be a clearly laid out direct path, kind of like a road trip. If I'm going to get from here to there, these are the turns that I'll make, this is the starting point, this is the destination, and it will take me X amount of time to make the trip, we tell ourselves. But much like a road trip that runs into construction and heavy traffic, true change rarely goes in a straight line. This is something that I discuss with my clients frequently, and as my own journey illustrates, this is more often than not the case. Whether it is healing from anxiety, changing a habit, or developing self-compassion, It is a journey, and part of that journey is accepting that it won't be easy and that it likely won't be steady, upward progress in a straight, direct path. Change requires work, it requires tenacity, and it requires acceptance that setbacks are part of that process. You haven't failed if you have a setback, you just hit a bump in the road. The sooner that you can realize that and accept that, the sooner you can get back on track and move forward. I've seen this play out before me countless times, both in my own life and in the life of my clients. Take Anna, for example, and yes, her name is changed and the circumstances are altered for privacy's sake. 
Anna had been battling anxiety for years, but after months of therapy and a lot of concerted effort on her part, she found herself feeling much better, much more in control, and much more engaged in her life. In her own words, she, quote, hadn't felt this good in well over a year. Things were looking up, but then a sudden loss of her job due to layoffs sent her spiraling back into her old patterns of anxious thoughts, anxious worries, and isolation. This could be seen as regressing or sliding back or having a setback, and perhaps that's an accurate word for the movement itself, but that didn't mean that Anna's progress was lost or that she was back to square one. With time, our working together again for a shorter period of time, and the support of friends and family, she managed to rebuild her resilience and re-engage with her life. Talking with her in our final session after this second round of therapy, she expressed how this perceived regression actually gave her a deeper sense of understanding of this journey, and it provided her with more internal strength, knowing now that if life threw her a curve again, she would be able to handle it going forward. When you think of change, it's better to think of it as a topographical map as opposed to a set of directions. There are going to be peaks, valleys, and plateaus on your journey. And while the map analogy is good for illustrative purposes, it's also a bit misleading because the map will be different for each person. One person may have more peaks, which I define as being moments of breakthrough or rapid change, while another person may have more valleys, defined as regressions or struggles, and a third may have more plateaus, which are those times when it feels like things are just kind of stagnant. They're not moving forward, they're not regressing, they're just kind of here. The important thing to remember is that this is completely to be expected and it should be embraced. My path won't be the same as yours. I can provide you with my life as an example, but please expect that your journey will be different. We are each the culmination of experiences that we've had up to this moment, and since our experiences have been different, our journey to healing and change will also be different. It's not a one-size-fits-all, regardless of what the latest self-help book may try to sell you. If there were such a solution, there wouldn't be so many different theories, books, self-help gurus, and the like. A word that you'll hear come up a lot if you do very much research into change, especially in regards to mental health, is a word that I just used a couple of moments ago. Resilience. Without referring to a Webster's Dictionary definition of it, I tend to frame resilience as being able to face setbacks without giving up. In my personal path towards healing, I face countless setbacks. What I've learned over time, though, is that the harder that I pushed against the setbacks and the more that I let them define me, the harder they became to overcome. This isn't to say that you should just give up and accept a setback as permanent, saying, quote-unquote, it is what it is. That's far from the truth. But what has become apparent to me is that by allowing them to define me, I was really just undermining my own progress. Well, let's talk about it is what it is. Hate is a strong word, but I kind of hate that saying. Let me explain why. When I hear someone saying, it is what it is, that sounds an awful lot like, I can't do anything about it to me which I believe is not true at all. In almost any situation, we have some choice in the matter, even if the choice is simply how we choose to react to the situation itself. Things may be, quote, out of your control, but that doesn't mean that you have to let them drag you under. This is where resilience comes into play. You hit a bump in the road, and in that moment, you remind yourself, I've been here before. Or maybe even something like, someone else has faced this problem, and they figure their way through it, so I probably can too. Now expect when you start doing this, if you haven't built up a lot of resilience already or you haven't faced a lot of adversity, it'll likely feel impossible or at the very least it'll feel 100% fake to do this, but that's okay. 
This is truly a time when faking it until you make it is not only acceptable, but it's completely appropriate. You have to start from somewhere. So even if you hit a bump in the road and telling yourself it's just a temporary thing feels fake, that's okay. Just tell yourself that. Five, four, three, two, one it, and then take action. Over time, what will happen is that your internal story that tells you how you can't get back up will start to be overtaken by the new story of, but I did get back up. Sidebar to this, without getting too sciencey or too science nerdy, this is exactly how neuroplasticity works and it's how you rewire your brain. Right now, you build a pathway in your brain that says, when X happens, I do Y. The only way that you can change that is by saying, when X happens, I'll do Z, followed by doing Z and repeating Z over and over again. With time, that new pathway will replace the old one. Here are some tips that I've learned over the years that can help you to get change started and to start building resiliency in yourself. Number one, set realistic goals. If you have crippling anxiety that prevents you from leaving the house, deciding that you're going to drive yourself to a convention center and give a public speech next Tuesday probably isn't very realistic. But just perhaps walking out of your front door, sitting down in your car, and just allowing yourself to feel whatever comes up in that moment is a good first step towards making change. You can then build upon that, slowly pushing yourself to go a little bit further and broaden your boundaries a little bit more. Number two, seek support. Yes, I'm a therapist, so obviously I believe that therapy is an excellent place for you to find this, but that doesn't mean that that's the only place. Recruit a trusted friend or a family member and let them know that you're trying to make this change and that it's likely going to be hard for you, so you need their support. And make sure that you are clear on how they can support you so that it feels helpful and not shaming or condemning when they offer you the support that you ask for. Number three, journaling. When you write something down, it accesses a completely different part of your brain from just thinking about something, and it makes it more concrete, building on those new pathways we previously talked about. So break out that old college comp notebook or buy one from your local store and start journaling. Write about what you want to change. Don't forget why you want to change it. And then try to envision how your life will be better once you've made the change. And then read those journal entries routinely to help plant the seed of that in your mind. Number four, practice mindfulness. Whether it's mindful meditation, going for a walk and really focusing on the sights, sounds, and smells around you, or any other activity that you can give all of your concentration to, the more that you can do this, bringing yourself into this present moment of right now, the more that you can quiet the voices of self-doubt and self-incrimination that keep you stuck in your current unfulfilled state of being. Five, celebrate the small wins. Every step forward is progress, no matter how small that step is. So recognize and celebrate those steps. Do something that feels positive and meaningful when you make progress. And try to make it something that's engaging and something that's also novel and out of the ordinary for you. If you go every day to McDonald's and get yourself a chocolate shake, celebrating a new step forward in your progress by getting a chocolate shake isn't probably going to feel really rewarding or really meaningful. But maybe going to that corner diner and having a really nice chocolate shake, maybe that makes all the difference in the world. Doing this will help you build those new pathways in your brain that reinforce your new changed behavior and reinforce that being a good thing that you should do more of. Also, please remember that you need to have patience with yourself and give yourself compassion during this process of trying to change after you've had a setback. On any journey of change, you're going to have setbacks and regressions. That's part of it. It's almost 100% guaranteed. 
But just because that's true doesn't mean that you have to lambaste yourself when that happens, and it doesn't mean that you have to get impatient with yourself if change doesn't happen overnight. You've taken X amount of years to build this current habit, in my case 47 years, so the chances of it changing in the next two days are probably pretty unlikely. If it's hard for you not to default into these thoughts, a thing that you can do then is to ask yourself one of these questions. If this were my child, if this were my best friend, or if this is someone that I truly cared and loved, would I say that to them or would I respond to them in that way? If your answer to that question is no, then ask yourself this. Why is it okay that I'm doing that to me? Let me answer it for you. It isn't, plain and simple. You're worthy of the same compassion, patience, and love that you would give anyone that you care about, and you should be included in that list of anyone. So swinging back to where we started, I'd encourage you to reframe how you look at perceived failures, a perceived setback, lack of progress, or regression. Even the word I use in the very first line of this podcast, backslide, is probably not the most helpful way to look at things. While it may have felt like a backslide to me at that moment, looking at it now, my temporary regression into having a panic attack was actually an opportunity to move forward and continue to change and grow. I was able to incorporate something new, in this case, 54321 move, into my toolkit, and in doing so, I was able to feel a sense of accomplishment and hope, even in those moments of sheer dread and panic that I would not have otherwise had, had I not had this perceived quote-unquote backslide. When looking at where you are now versus where you want to be, I'd encourage you to try to look at it as a journey that you get to take or as an adventure. Don't focus on the destination, but focus more on the path and the journey, and relish the growth that will naturally come from taking that journey. Your path to change is exactly those two words, your and path. It's unique to you, so it won't be like anyone else's, and it is a path, meaning that there is a journey that you will go on as part of that change. Embrace these two key terms. And I promise you that while it may not be a straight line, it will be an experience that you will learn from, grow from, and ultimately appreciate and feel grateful for as your life moves in the direction that you want for it to. That's it for this week's episode. I hope that you found the information to be helpful, inspirational, or maybe at least a little bit entertaining. Remember to subscribe to the pod via your favorite podcasting app or platform and leave a review if you want. Additionally, you can find me on Twitter, uh, I guess it's called X now, at MoCounselor, that's M-O-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-O-R, on Instagram at BenjaminFranceLPC, and via my website at BenjaminFrance.com. I wish you peace, love, and happiness in your life. Until next time, take care, everyone.